Mum Talk. I am so excited to get this series underway, but this isn't technically the start of series four. This is your bonus episode. I um, put a little thing out on my Instagram saying, did you want a travel bonus episode? And pretty much all of you, bar like two people, said, yes, we do. Um, So here it is. And I thought I would just give you a little insight into our trip away um, to the Swiss Alps for my mum's birthday. It was a big birthday. I'm not going to say any more than that because my mum will kill me. But it was a big birthday and we had so much fun. But my God, the week before I had a shocker of a week. Oh my goodness. I <laughs> I thought I would save everything for a podcast. Plus I was trying to keep some things hidden from my husband and I didn't want to shove that all over Instagram because he wasn't actually at home and he would have killed me as well. So I would not have been in very many people's good books last week. So yeah, last week was just a disaster. Amandine was really sick. If you were checking in on Instagram on Mum Talk, she picked up some form of cold, but we thought it was potentially um, tonsillitis because her little friend came down with tonsillitis and I was really nervous. You know, this was the kind of the first cold. I thought Amandine had had a cold before, but that was nothing in comparison to what she has. She still actually has it. And as you can hear in my voice, I have it. I was meant to be recording a couple of days ago with with Steph, um, who runs the company Don't Buy Me Flowers, if you've heard of that. But unfortunately, I had to cancel because I thought no one wants to listen to a snotty podcast host, i.e. me. So I cancelled that one. We're going to record it, I think, now, unfortunately, in July. But we will do it uh, nevertheless. Anyway, back to colds. So Amandine came down with his cold. She was completely off her food and that was the first I knew of it really. And then she just got worse and worse and worse. And right now she has um, a really nasty cough and still very much a snotty nose. So it's been dragging on for two weeks now. Um, I think if it goes on too much longer, I may whiz her back to the doctors. But I have already been to the doctor's twice and again if you were checking in you would have seen but I went to the out of hours NHS 111 service doctors um who were local to me in Honiton and the first guy I saw was great he was really good he wasn't concerned it was tonsillitis uh, so that was good and then the next day she went downhill a lot uh, faster and I couldn't get her temperature under control with paracetamol i.e calpol and also with neurofen So when my friend Millie came over and bought Nurofen and had a look at Amandine and it was her son that had tonsillitis, she said, I really think you should just go back just in case it is tonsillitis. That and the fact that we were heading off to the Swiss Alps, I didn't want to be away with her getting worse and having not checked her out. So I just wanted to make sure I monitored my, I guess, levels of anxiety and just made sure that they were in check before we went away and I'd done everything I possibly could to um, make sure that was okay and I didn't worry whilst we were away so the second doctor that I went to see the following day was not so nice (laughs) not so nice she and so many of you guys messaged in saying you know don't stress about it I'm a doctor we'd much rather that babies you you come and check if you're even remotely worried and she wasn't busy this doctor but she just said something to me that really I don't know, put my back up a little bit. I had been up with Amandine through the night, 
I literally, the first or the, like the first or second night, it's all a bit of a blur actually, the first or second night, I walked around the house pretty much with her for five and a half, six hours straight. I did not sit down once and I was just pacing around the house. Hendrik was away, he was doing sim checks for three days and three nights. Um, so I was home alone. My mum was away, my sister was away. Um, it was over a weekend and everyone was away. <laughs> and I literally, when I when Hendrik got home, he was like, oh my gosh, you look horrendous and you look really skinny. And I had, I'd lost a ton of weight because I actually couldn't put Amandine down to feed myself. In the end, um, I couldn't even have dinner. I had to go to bed with her if she wanted to have any sleep. And aside from trying to munch food in bed, which I can't say I was really feeling, um, I, I just didn't have any moment to put anything in my mouth. In the day, I tried to eat kind of little and often as much as I could, just grab some almonds here and there and some fruit and things. But aside, you know, thinking about a proper meal just was not in the picture whatsoever. Thankfully, my bless my friend Millie, when she came round, she bought over sandwiches and pizza just things that I could put in my mouth really easily and it was really sweet she offered to make me some food while she was here but of course me being me I didn't take her up on the offer (laughs) I should have I should have um but yeah so what I wanted to say on that point was if you know of a mum or you have a friend who has a baby who's ill and she's alone please go see if there's anything that you can do or at least if you're at work and you're able to just run to the supermarket in your lunch hour go drop something off if they're local or if you are if they're passing their home's passing on your way home just drop something in I cannot tell you how much it helps um because when you're alone and and you're just doing this by yourself it is so hard if you have a sick baby um I just have so much newfound respect for single mums who have babies and they are sick. I mean, my heart goes out to you. It's not a nice place to find yourself in. Anyway, back to it. So yeah, I went to the doctor and she just basically said, um, oh, you know, sometimes these things are just really hard work and you've got to be prepared to put the effort in. And the way she she said it was implying, and I'm sure because I was very close to tears because I was so tired I just took it in completely the wrong way anyway me being me I just didn't say anything and I just said you know what so there's nothing you can help there's nothing you can do to help that's totally fine I'm gonna go now and then I just left so it was fine I have no idea if she realized that she put my back up who knows but anyway it hasn't stopped me from going to the doctor because really Amandine is what I care about and I will if I think I need to go I will go um so yeah she has a bit of a nasty cough now which is a little bit frustrating um for her and but she is now sleeping we did do quite a few things and I I need to remember to share these on my Instagram but to help so I propped up her cot two thick book heights um which is probably if you think about a housing brick it's probably like one and a half housing bricks I mean she did often wriggle right to the bottom of it, but she couldn't breathe any other way. And a lot of the time she literally couldn't breathe unless she was upright on me. I slept for three nights with her upright on me. Um, so that wasn't a great start. And then, yeah, we were due to go off on holiday. So what also happened <laughs> whilst Hendrik was away doing his sim checks, whilst Amandine was feeling really rotten and I was also you know, exhausted from fairly sleepless nights, I managed to reverse Hendrick's car into our gate in our driveway. Like, full-on 
smash the car. (laughs) Not ideal, not ideal. And I just, the scary thing was, was that I literally couldn't remember kind of how it happened. My brain was clearly not, and my eyes were clearly not looking in the rearview mirror. Had I been, I would have missed it. It's a really big gate. Um, Thankfully, I didn't damage the gate too much. I hit the gate post that cemented in and actually it did its job perfectly. It protected the actual gate. So I hit that instead, but yeah, it did crumple the side of the car. So alongside Amandine, Amandine being sick, um, I had to deal with the insurance company because it was an insurance job and deal with all of that. Went down to our local garage, got a quote, only for the insurance company to tell me that they wouldn't let me use my garage. But at least I could say when Hendrik got home, look, it's going to cost this much. I've, I've decided to take it on my insurance because we can't afford to pay that much. And yeah, nightmare, bloody nightmare. But I didn't tell Hendrik any of this over the three days that he was away because I just didn't want to stress him out. These were really important um, tests for him. So, but can you imagine? Really? Can you imagine? I mean, Amandine getting sick, me crashing the car, what else could go wrong? I mean, oh, nightmare. But anyway, anyway. We had a lovely time, so we headed off to Switzerland, and we had a really, really lovely time. I went with my mum and my sister. My mum and I went up the night before we flew, because we flew from Bristol Airport, and Hendrik was returning from a long, long, long flight, and he would have got home at half past three, and my mum and I would have had to have left at half past three, so just as Hendrik was arriving, we would have been leaving, and I actually think knowing my husband, Hendrik would have found that really stressful, so we decided to go up to Bristol the night before. Yeah, it was hugely expensive, and I wouldn't do it if I was by myself, Um, but I think because I had my mum and Amandine as well, and we had quite a lot of gear, it would have just been quite stressful going up, I think, the same day and leaving at three o'clock and trying to get Amandine to sleep. It was a long day traveling in any case, so having that extra couple of hours, I think, helped. So we took... I originally booked one room at this hotel because I just thought, oh, we'll all just share a bedroom. But then Hendrik said, how are you actually going to do this? Because Amandine's going to need to go to sleep around seven o'clock, eight o'clock, and then what are your mum and you going to do? And I was like, that's totally true. We can't go anywhere because we can't go anywhere. We um, can't leave Amandine in her hotel room uh, just by herself. I won't be able to hear the baby monitor. Yeah. So anyway, I called up and Hendrik very kindly bought my mum a separate room. So we had two rooms that were adjoining through an inter-connecting door, which was just fantastic um, for her birthday. I mean, what a birthday present, right? Here's a hotel room. <laughs> really really shit but anyway um and Amandine we put Amandine down in the room that I was going to sleep in in her cot and then we left one of the adjoining doors because they there are two doors it's essentially the adjoining one of them was, was closed and we left one of them open had the baby monitor and everything with me and she went down like a treat slept all the way through until 10 I went in I dream fed her and then I slept in the same room as Amandine I could have slept in the same room as my mum but I actually thought it was nicer to give my mum space. And if Amandine did wake up in the middle of the night, I was just there. I didn't have to wake my mum up to go and get her. So that's what I did. She slept perfectly, slept through until five. Well, well, yeah, not really. She slept until half past four, but actually we had to get up at five anyway. So I just used that time to feed her. So she was ready to go at five o'clock when we needed to leave. Um, 
And we were in the we were in the airport in no time. Literally just walked across the bridge. It was perfect. Checked in the car seat and also the Osprey baby carrier, which I'll touch on a little bit more later, but they gifted that to us. So I checked those two items. I didn't take a pram. I was going to. It was a big decision not to take the pram. Um, but actually, in hindsight, I'm really pleased I didn't because I probably would have used it once. Um, and we were only there for three. We were there for three nights and, and uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. For, it was kind of four days and three nights. And um, yeah, I didn't need it. So I checked those two in as the free items that you get with EasyJet. And then I actually fast-tracked me and my mum through airport security because the queues were just hideous. We flew, our flight was at 7am. And you can imagine a Friday morning at 7am, it was just carnage. So it was £5 each and I just, we just went through in no time and it was really easy no queuing. Um, Amandine was obviously desperate to go back to sleep and I just didn't want to have to queue and get her all antsy before the flight. So we did that and then we went and we picked up a croissant and, you know, stuff like that at the airport, grabbed a few bits. My mum needed a few bits. It was a complete surprise. So my sister and I managed to keep it a complete surprise until we got to the gate where we were boarding because obviously there was a huge sign that said, to Geneva. (laughs) Um, So it was really great. I was really proud of myself that I managed to keep it a secret that going through airport security that much. I have to say that it was quite close when we were checking in. I'd already checked us in, but we had to check the car seat and stuff in. And I did say to the lady, she was like, where are you going? And I did have to say, oh, it's a surprise. Don't say it out loud. I felt like a bit of an idiot, but yeah, I still, I kept the surprise going. Um, So I also, to let you in on a little trick, but I think you do have to be quite wary of this trick. At Bristol, you can self-check your bags and then a lady comes over and just authorizes if you've got uh, baby stuff that you're taking. And the lady came over and she was like, so what's in the bag? And I said, it's just a car seat. But it wasn't, obviously. It was nappies, a coat, car seat, blanket, uh, white noise machine, baby food, liquids of mine because I was also only traveling with hand luggage for Amandine and I so I had things like nappy balm and all that kind of stuff I'm not too clear if you're allowed to take an extra bag of liquids in your nappy bag because with EasyJet you can take one hand baggage for you and one hand baggage for the child and I don't know if that includes a little plastic bag you can take food for the journey and milk for the journey and water for the journey for the baby I believe but I don't know if it included things like nappy balm and face cream and baby oil if you take that kind of stuff or cowpole so I just put it in the car seat to be absolutely sure anyway once we were through security um yeah we got croissant and things like that and then um waited for our gate luckily we were perfectly on time we headed to the gate everything was easy I actually went down the speedy boarding lane because sometimes they say you can go down the speedy boarding lane and sometimes they say you can't. I think you can because they send you down the speedy boarding side anyway, so why wait for the passport lady on the wrong side when you're going to go speedy boarding anyway? I don't know. But everything was fine. We jumped on the plane. Easy, easy flight. Amaldine actually went straight to sleep on me 
in the bright light. Um, and she probably slept for about 40 minutes. The flight was only an hour and 15, so super, super easy. I feed her on the flights going up and going down to help with her ears. But actually, this time coming down, she just refused the boob and she was fine. She was absolutely fine. I thought it would be a lot worse because she was snotty. She had a, um, and you know, when pressure builds up, I mean, I got it so badly. Pressure was building up in my whole face. I felt like my face was going to explode. So I can't imagine what it must have been like for her, but it didn't seem to bother her. So it was fine. And then when we arrived the other side, Oh, the annoying thing. Oh, you know what? I've just thought about the annoying thing at Bristol Airport, which I must warn you about if there's anyone here flying at Bristol Airport. So we stayed in the long stay, the long stay that's opposite the airport. So you literally can walk from the car park to the airport. But if you have a huge car seat that you're taking with you and you need a trolley, there are no trolleys in the car park. So we had to get the bus, but that was fine. But the problem with that was where you park, the cars are so close together, you can't actually get through a gap in the cars with a car seat. And when you're carrying everything else as well, plus a baby. I mean, God forbid if you have a pram, there's you'd have to do a whole snake round all of the cars to get to the bus. So we had to do a bit of a... My mum took Amandine, went over to stand by the bus stop, and then I literally had to heave this huge car seat over my head and walk between two cars to get through to the bus. It's so heavy, I couldn't snake round all of the cars. Um, and so awkward, actually. It's more awkward than heavy because we have to take our Isofix base as well. But that was really quite a big nightmare. And we weren't going to the hotel... As, or we weren't going to the airport as such. We were trying to get to the hotel when I parked the car at Longstay. So in hindsight, my mum should have really dropped me at the hotel with our stuff and then gone and sorted the parking. But I didn't want her to have to sort that out for herself. So just be warned, there are no trolleys when you park in the long stay, probably not even the short stay. But if you go to the higher car section, you can pick up trolleys there. Um, But we jumped on the bus and the bus driver was so lovely. He took us to the hotel, which he's not meant to do. And then in the morning, well, in that evening, we went up to the hotel, up to the airport, sorry, grabbed a trolley, brought it back to the hotel. The hotel stored it for us. So we had it in the morning. Geneva, when you arrive at Geneva Airport, it was brilliant. There were trolleys right outside the, um, when you got off the bus from the higher, well, from, when you got on, sorry, when you got out of passport control, the trolleys were right there. You could take them all the way through to the hire car bus, drop them there, jump on the bus. I mean, the Swiss really have it down, and the French. They really have it down with their trolleys. Um, And you get your money back. Bristol, you pay £2 for a trolley, and you don't get your money back. Geneva, you pay €2. You get your money back when you return the trolley. Um. Yeah, it's two euros if you go to Geneva that you need for, um, or Swiss francs, but I'm not sure how many Swiss francs, but if you get uh, euros, it's two euros. Um, But you get it back. And then, yeah, we got in the car, we got a brilliant car. We got a huge estate car, which I really wasn't expecting. I took the same high car category as we do for France. And my goodness, the cars are way nicer in Geneva. Huge boot, which was brilliant. Um and yeah it was I don't I don't think there's anything else I can tell you more about that and then we drove up to our little uh converted cow shed we were staying in in this little mountain village so cute and we arrived and my sister and I when we booked this place we knew it would be a little bit tricky but it was just so beautiful and um others that compared within the same price range were just really 
tatty and dark and gloomy. You know how some ski chalet flats can be a little bit dark and gloomy, but this was a real house and I was worried about the flat and noise and all that kind of stuff. And this was a standalone house essentially. Um, it was tiny, teeny tiny. Like you walked in the front door, you into the kitchen, straight into the kitchen, straight then into the living room, up the stairs, into the one bedroom, into the bathroom. There was one door and that was the front door. No other door separating all of that. Just a very, very small flight of stairs. Um, Think about a tiny, tiny cowshed barn and then turn it into a house. And that's essentially what you've got. (laughs) Beautiful, incredibly well done, but no doors. So nothing to stop noise. Plus no real curtains. So there were curtains, but no um, kind of like, you know, those metal chalet uh, things that you can wind down all the way down so they didn't exist in this place and it was literally just like mesh curtains Amandine sleeps in a pitch black room so you can imagine my panic when I arrived I was like oh my god how am I going to do this and then there was light coming in from the bathroom light coming in from up the stairs nightmare anyway she'd put the cot downstairs so he heaved the cot upstairs they provided a cot and like the most old school high chair if you haven't seen go over to my instagram stories and go on the highlights for travel it's absolutely brilliant high chair completely impractical because it's wood but um and not really wipeable i gave it quite a scrub after we'd finished with it um but i think there were still a few strawberry stains um but yeah it it was a bit of a panic. We took the cot upstairs when we arrived, tried to get Amandine to go straight down. And to my surprise, she went straight down, straight down, like a pro. Put the white noise machine on, put the baby monitor on, put her sheet on. Um, and then, now this is a bit risky. I imagine some of you will be listening thinking, oh, but what if the blanket falls off on top of her? I had the baby monitor. I could see it and I could also hear her because there were no doors in this place. But I put two blankets over the top of the cot, um, with breathing space, obviously. I didn't put them all the way over and close them off, but it did darken it a little bit. Certainly didn't make it pitch black, but it also um, just made her feel a bit more cocooned in the cot. Um, So that's what I did. And she went down. She was obviously really tired, but she went down every single night and every single nap that we put her in the cot in a bright light room. It was like daylight. Um she went down and she went down for her good nap times, like two hours, one and a half hours in the morning. Pro, like a pro. So in the evening, that was a little bit tricky because bathroom was upstairs. Bathroom was attached to this one bedroom um, and with no door separating it. And the stairs were really creaky. So how we managed this was in the evening was I would brush my teeth downstairs. I would creep upstairs, go to the loo and then grab Amandine because that would wake her up, feed her sitting on the bed. My mum and my sister would come up under the light of their phones, very, uh, I was going to say romantic, but really not because it's my mum and my sister. (laughs) Um, They would brush their teeth, wash their face, go to the loo, and that wouldn't disturb Amandine because she'd be on my boob. And then I would... um, put her back down in her cot, my sister would get into bed, we were sharing the bed, my mum was downstairs on the sofa bed, how bad is that? My sister and I thought, you know what, Amandine will be downstairs, I'll go on the sofa bed, my mum and my sister will share the bed upstairs, but no, in the end, my mum went down on the sofa bed, but actually, I think it was the best thing, because I'm sick, we really didn't want my mum to get sick as well, so she slept on the sofa bed, my sister got to breathe in my germs, 
I really hope she's sitting at work and she's absolutely fine, but I doubt it. I don't really see how I could have literally breathed over her for three nights and three days and her not get my cold. Um, although Hendrik seems to think it's flu, but I don't know. I know I, I, ne- I never got the flu jab when I was pregnant, so I, it could be. Um, and yeah, so that's how that worked. And it worked really, really fine. It worked fine. At least doing it that way around, we had the kitchen, obviously, to cook meals in the evening and then chill um, on the sofa. We came up with games to play that were silent, so we didn't wake up Amandine, so we played charades, which was really funny. Um, and yeah, my mum played charades, just absolutely hilarious. And what else did we um, play? Cards. Uh, yeah, that kind of stuff. We did actually watch a movie. We watched The Wine Country, which was really funny, uh, which I downloaded from Netflix and took and played it on my mum's iPad. And um, we just turned the sound down. And yeah, because of the white noise machine, I had the My Hummy with me and I'd put the My Hummy heart that is Bluetooth compatible in our little travel My Hummy bear. And um, I could control it from my phone. So I turned up the white noise machine when the movie got loud <laughs> and then turned it down again that was what so is, is so brilliant about that white noise machine is if you travel with it if you hear loud noises or you're in a hotel and there are doors slamming you can literally just turn it up from your phone you don't have to go in there to turn it up absolutely superb and then through the holiday we it poured with rain yeah it poured with rain we had a few hours in each day apart from the last day where we had some dry weather but other than that it poured so we would wake up in the morning Amandine would get up she slept okay ish uh as you would kind of on a holiday and you know my sister and I were in the same room so that probably disturbed her as well a little bit but it was fine Woke up around 6.30, Amandine would then go down for a nap at 8.30 after eating breakfast with us all. And then I actually went back to sleep as well because I was so exhausted and I was running a temperature. Um, and yeah, I just needed to sleep. And my mum and I would, my mum and my sister would go and grab bread for the day from the boulangerie and stuff. And then we would head off for our morning hike. Now, Osprey very kindly, Osprey Europe very kindly sent me one of their backpacks. So they sent me the Poco AG Plus in green, which you'll see. Head over to my Instagram, you'll see the pictures. Why would have been lost without it? In fact, Amandine and I would have been stuck indoors without it. I love my Ergo baby, don't get me wrong. And that was what I was thinking I was going to take on this holiday. And then my sister said, I don't think that's going to work, Emma, look at the weather. Um, And... It has a complete, it basically just completely keeps Amandine dry, completely. It has a sun canopy over the top. In fact, Hendrik is just mowing the lawn with her now so I could record this and she's in it and there's the sun visor over the top because of course we're home and it's beautiful weather. Um, But over the sun visor top thingy goes the waterproof cover and she stayed bone dry. I, however, was soaked, but it was just absolutely fantastic and it saved it saved the day. It meant we could go and hike. And we did two long hikes every day. It made it enabled her to sleep. You guys know how routine I am with her naps. And I did kind of freak out a little bit at the thought of going on this hiking holiday, you know, with three, three hours in and she should be asleep. Um, but I really, la- I really relaxed over it. My sister was, you know, helped me very much to relax. Um, and also my sister... <laughs> I don't know, she must be a kind of smooth ride for Amandine or something. But the minute my sister took over carrying Amandine, she went straight to sleep. 
straight to sleep in the um, Poco AG Osprey carrier. It is an expensive piece of kit, but if you are going on a hiking holiday where it's going to be sunny or it's going to be pouring with rain or you want them to be super comfortable and be able to see stuff, I could not recommend it more highly. It weighs 3.8 kilograms. Now, before we went away, I had Amandine weighed because I was really nervous she'd lost weight because she'd been sick and she was 7.3 kilograms. Um, I don't think you can use them under 7.25 kilograms. So she was literally on that, uh, you know, on the level of not being able to go in it. But, you know, I kind of think if they're around seven, it would be fine. Um, they're supported by the crotch. Their legs hang down a little bit, but there's foot stirrups as well for their legs to go into. It's fully adjustable. So my sister's a lot taller than me. Hendrik is obviously a lot taller than me. He's got an incredibly long torso. I'm only five foot three and a half. And yes, the half does matter. Um, and it has from extra small to large on the back section of the carrier and you basically literally just lift up a clip and then slide the straps up or down depending on how big your torso is and that completely changes the setup um, and the straps and where it all sits on your body um, so the, the measurement between the hip straps and the shoulders becomes smaller and greater for your torso length they've thought of everything in the pocket that sits on your hip there's a little mirror which you can whip out and check that your baby or your toddler is okay in the back there's the sunshade and the waterproof cover goes on in I reckon under 60 seconds there's a video highlighted in the travel section of my Instagram it really is brilliant they have gifted it to us which is why I'm telling you all about it but I also would be telling you all about it had they not gifted it it really is a brilliant piece of kit um it's super quick drying material it's all if you're going on a hot hiking holiday it's very breathable not once did I get sweaty on my back I did get wet but not sweaty the wet was from the rain and Amandine was really comfortable yeah, she would go to sleep in it. She didn't whine once in it. She loved the views that she got from it. And that was the main problem with the, my Ergo baby is that she just couldn't see anything. And you don't want to go for a three-hour hike with them facing out on the Ergo baby. And when I put her on my back, she's not big enough yet to be able to see out. So she gets a bit fussy. Um, so this was just brilliant because she was way above my head height and... Uh, she loved it, absolutely loved it, super comfortable. So I hiked uh, one day with it for, I reckon, two hours, maybe two and a half hours. And aside from it being heavy, of course it's heavy, a combined weight of seven and a bit kilos plus three and a bit, uh, plus three and a bit kilos, yeah. Um, it's going to be heavy. My sister took an extra rucksack. She also has just a normal Osprey uh, from her cycling and she put in water bottles and everything into that. Now, there are huge storage compartments within the baby Osprey, the Poco AG, and you can fit so much into it. I mean, my sister put her jacket in, so we put lightweight, bulky stuff in there, um, but nothing that would add too much weight because, you know, we didn't have a guy with us helping us um, carry. My mum couldn't help out. She's got a really bad back. My sister also had a, has a bad back, but only if she twists. So just the weight was absolutely fine. But what's great also about the rucksack is you can almost shift the weight as you hike. So you can carry a little bit more on your hips. And then if that's feeling a little bit achy, you can then 
put a little bit more on your shoulders or you can evenly weight it across the two you you can really balance out the weight exactly how you want to um and with expensive pieces of kit there's very few things I'm like god you know what that is really worth it and you can see where the money's gone in making that piece of kit and this was one of the things where you could really see where your money has been spent on this piece of kit and the innovation that they've put into it um it got soaking on the last day and obviously on the plane it got soaking when they were loading all the baggage I imagine but it dried out I put it in the shade outside it dried in like I don't know an hour so if you were hiking and you got it wet and you didn't want to put wet baby in it or something you know I don't know you're traveling with it if your baby's in it it won't get wet the inside section won't get wet because you'll have the waterproof cover on you'll have the sun shield on so it'll be really protected I read some of the reviews and a few of the reviews said that the rain can drive in through the canopy and hit the baby. We had some serious driving rain and it really didn't do that. Not in my experience anyway. Maybe if you're walking into the wind, perhaps it might do that, but it didn't do that at all for us. Amandine was bone, bone dry and super warm. And that's another thing with the waterproof cover on it obviously acts as a bit of a windproof cover and it covers their legs, covers their hands. Amandine was just wearing her normal leggings, uh, little um, fluffy booties that you've seen. They're kind of like uh, lambskin booties. And then also, uh, oh, lambs wool, sorry, booties. And a jacket, a down jacket that I bought her. Um, yeah, absolutely brilliant. My sister wore her as well for a while. And even with her bad back, she found it great. So yeah, back to walking. When we were walking with it... Um, the first walk that we did, which was on Friday evening, was direct uphill for an hour and a half. And then we turned around and I was broken and I was carrying her. My sister and I switched, but actually we switched like 10 minutes before we turned around to come back downhill. My sister's pretty pro at walking downhill on slippery rocks and leaves. I, however, am not. But my sister did such a great job and she actually said it didn't um, throw off her weight too much. Uh, so that was really good to know. Walking uphill is really easy with the backpack because you're leaning a little bit more forward and um, you're taking, I don't know, a bit more of the weight kind of walking uphill. If that's clear, that's probably not very clear what I just said, but um, really comfy either way when you're walking. And also I did love it because the Ergo Baby, there's no protection if you fall. But if you fall in this, there's... I don't know, maybe it changes when your baby's a bit bigger, but with Amandine, if I fell over and I hit my bum, the backpack would hit first before Amandine would hit the ground at all. And also their head's really well protected if you were to fall over. Um, just, yeah, really good, well-protective piece of kit. So we were walking on the next day, the following day, and we did a hike in the morning for about three hours. I didn't actually have to change her nappy. Um, we kept checking, but, um, yeah, I didn't actually have to change it whilst we were out hiking. It was enough to change it before, change it when we got back and then, uh, her have her nap and then change again and then go out for another hike and then change when we got back. So, um, I didn't have to, but there were places on the hike. I did have a spare nappy. I did have spare wipes with me and there were places on the hike where we could have just laid down a changing mat and just changed her nappy or even laid down one of our coats and changed her nappy. Um, would have been a bit tricky in the rain, <laughs> but I didn't have to do it. So I, I, one of you asked that question and I didn't have to, um, do it. So I can't really answer, but my suggestion would be to try and find, uh, I don't know, a little shelter.
sheltered spot where you can make a cosy place and change their nappy. We, I have actually changed Amandine's nappy with her standing up or me supporting her bottom before. That is doable if you have more than one person and obviously the age of your baby will be very dependent on whether you can do that. Um, so yeah, the longest that we hiked for was about three and a half hours and Amandine did go to sleep and she was super comfortable. She didn't take a full two hour nap, but then the minute we got back, she uh, went straight down in her cot and then took her two and a half hour nap. So even though it wasn't as per schedule like we have at home, she'd take little naps in the carrier and then when we got home, she'd take her proper nap. Um, she ended up having one morning sleep and then one nap during the day and then bed around 6.30, 7 o'clock. So that worked really well. We only had an hour's time difference and um, I didn't really pay any attention to it. I just, once again, wake, went by her awake windows. So if she'd been awake, um, yeah, for two, three hours, then I'd put her down. Uh, even when she'd taken a 45-minute catnap kind of thing in the baby carrier, and then when we got home, she'd only maybe been awake for an hour and a half, I'd still give her the opportunity to go to sleep, and every single time she took it. So she was clearly tired and ready to go to sleep. But it was super, super enjoyable. Yes, it was hard work. It was hard work, I'm not going to lie. Hiking in the Swiss Alps with a baby is tough. There's a lot of up and down hills. Because it was raining, there were a lot of slippery rocks. Um... But she loved it. She saw so much. She saw snow-capped mountains. She saw cows, cow bells she heard. She saw lakes and dams and gorges and um, smelt the mountain air, smelt lots of cow shit. (laughs) It was really, really amazing. And then on the last day, when it was pouring with rain, that was quite a tricky day. That was a long day because we checked out of our accommodation at 10 o'clock, 10.30ish maybe, went for a hike in the pouring rain, we got soaked, then we went in the car, went to another village, had a look around the village, that was really nice, then came back, then we decided to do a long drive to, um, no we didn't, sorry, we went to Gruyere, which was quite a short drive actually, and we went to go and get a fondue in a Gruyere restaurant, and it was delicious, but it was actually Amandine's first restaurant experience with us I haven't actually ever done that and fed her at the same time it was nap time so I really wasn't sure if she would be okay with it um and she was she had her own high chair she had her own little plate of food which was cucumber and a little melty stick and some bread and a strawberry uh what else did she have and a boiled potato and a gherkin so little you know fondue bits she ate those And she was loving it, absolutely loving it. Um, And then after we'd had that, we put her back in the car seat and then did a long drive. So we actually drove the wrong way round Geneva Lake. Um, And then, so we went into France, drove around, and then back into Switzerland to drop the car off at the airport. So our flight wasn't till 9.30 in the evening. So it was a long time checking out of the, checking out of the um, kind of cow shed thing at 10, 10.30, and then (laughs) getting on the plane at 9.30. And we didn't actually take off till 10 because our flight was delayed. It was a long day, but she did so well. So she slept for about an hour in the car when we were driving around the lake, and then we (laughs) stopped. And we stopped at a medieval village 
um, to go and get some crepes. We'd heard amazing things about it and we just wanted to break the journey. Amandine was awake. My sister had found this place. Anyway, picked her up out of her car seat and she projectile vomited over the car. The hire car, <laughs> I might add. And all over me. I managed to catch quite a lot of it, which then fell into my lap. <laughs> so I was covered. This is the first time she has ever done that. And I can only think that I fed her before because I wanted her to associate that with going to sleep. And then obviously driving in the Alps, it's quite windy roads. She's facing backwards in a facing backwards car seat. Yeah, projectile vomited everywhere. If the angle had been slightly different, she 100% would have hit my sister. <laughs> but instead it went over me, my mum's coat, the car seat, the nappy bag caught quite a lot of it anyway so wiped myself down changed all of her clothes my mum thank god had a spare pair of dry leggings in her bag so she gave me her leggings I stank of baby sick managed to make sure Amandine was completely clean anyway went to go and get crepes Amandine didn't give a monkey's that she had just projected her vomited in fact almost straight after she was asking for the boob I could not believe it I've heard this is quite common but I couldn't believe it Anyway, we then um, finished our crepes, went back in the car, and Amal didn't go back to sleep, but it was only about 20 minutes left to get to the airport. Dropped the car, everything was great. Went into, all the way through security, no problems again. My car seat bag this time was full of fondue cheese, which we're going to have this bank holiday weekend, (laughs) and chocolate, obviously, and um, Swiss hot chocolate, which is my favourite uh yeah so just full of so much stuff but no one checked so it was fine again and then once we'd got to Bristol airport my mum actually went to go and grab the car from the long stay and then she drove it into the quick pickup point um whilst Amandine and I waited for the car seat and the baby carrier to come back through uh and that was fine and yeah we drove home we didn't get home until what time did we get home midnight 30 yeah, about half past midnight. Um, so Amandine slept the whole way in the back of the car. She also slept on the plane, actually, a little bit. Um, I bounced her up and down in the carrier the whole way, but um, my ears didn't pop on the way down, and the pressure was just so painful. I was in so much pain on the way down, but she was absolutely fine. She didn't even need feeding. She was just fast asleep. Um, she was just a dream, an absolute dream. And then, yeah, we got home, and I put her to bed. And then I went to bed and she woke up at half past six. So it was great. My mum carried on home, actually. Hendrik got back from his flight at 4.30am and I had until about noon to just sort out everything. And here we are. I'm still ill. Amandine is gradually getting better. But yeah, travelling is totally fine. Hiking holiday, totally fine. And actually enjoyable with a baby and... I have to say my top tips, my top tips, what would they be? What would my top tips be? Um, The Osprey backpack. (laughs) I know it was gifted and I know you're expecting me to say this, but it really was brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. I would not have been able to do it without it. I highly, highly, highly recommend if you're going on any form of holiday, especially if you're hiking, you've got to go check them out. Um, it was a lifesaver, absolute lifesaver, money well spent. And like I say, it's not just for use for hiking. Hendrik has just mown the lawn and strimmed with her in it. She's up high, she can see everything, she's happy as Larry, she's with you, and she is just loving life in it, loving life. Today's super sunny, so she had the sunshade up. Yeah, brilliant piece of kit. So go check those out, my top tip. My other top tip would be try and arrange 
um, or organize car times around nap times. So um, if you know that they're going to need to nap for like an hour or something, then try and make a car journey that level of time. Always offer up sleep. If you've missed naps or something, just offer up sleep when you get home. They might then take a nap. If you're in a light room and your baby's used to a dark room, cover the cot in a couple of blankets or something or take a black sheet with you. That was something that I thought, obviously, once I'd got there, I thought, oh, God, that would have been clever. Take a black sheet um, and just put that over the top. Um, You can make stuff work if you give it a little bit of thought, like we did with the no doors issue in the bathroom whilst feeding, that kind of thing. Um, Yeah, you can make it work. It's just a little bit of... A little bit of figuring it out and how to do it. Uh, what else can I say? Um, 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 if they're sick, take cowbell <laughs> and Nurofen. I actually didn't give Amandine any whilst we were away, but I took it, and that really helped reduce my anxiety levels and worry of um, her being ill whilst we were away. And do anything you need to do before you go, just to make sure that it's nice and easy for you. Like, I went to go get her weighed to check. I didn't worry about her being underweight if she wasn't eating properly and that kind of stuff. I didn't force any food upon her. I took babies, I think it's babies, pouches with me, um, which are like sweet potato puree and all that kind of stuff. Um, Bought them in Tesco's. They were brilliant. Amandine didn't really take any of them, so actually a lot of them went to waste. But uh, at least it meant I didn't have to worry about pureeing stuff whilst I was there. Or and thank God I didn't because there was nothing that I could have done that with. It would have it was all finger food or would have had to have been finger food. And when I was shopping in the supermarket out there, I just bought her a cucumber. So she had a cucumber. I bought her some strawberries, and then it was just the baby's pouches. Um, but yeah, she wasn't really interested in any of it, to be honest. She still isn't interested in food. Uh, yeah, so just relax. Also, top tip, relax. Relax, relax. If you have a pretty good routine at home and you're only going away for a few days, you're not going to ruin your routine by a few days away if you're just going along with what you want to do. I really learned from our trip to Portugal, which we went on a few weeks, uh, a few months ago, because I... I feel like I ruined the holiday because I made all our activities around Amandine's nap time. So she napped at home in the cot she, uh, in the morning and at lunchtime and in the afternoon. So Hendrik and I had two hour windows to do things and we couldn't get very far in two hours. And she just, we didn't really get to explore as much as we wanted to. And I really feel responsible for that because I was so adamant that Amandine's naps had to be in the cot when really, had we had this backpack... Um, or had I just been a little bit more open to if Amandine needs to sleep, she'll just take a nap, then I think we would have been able to do a lot more. Um, so if you take anything away from this podcast, let it be to just relax. And if your baby needs to sleep, they will sleep. And if they're getting really antsy, then you know that you can start to head home gradually. And if you're able to, um, and then they'll take a little nap when they get home. I know Amandine is very, very good with her sleep and she's very chilled, but if you feel like you can just try and relax because I know that a slept, a well-slept baby is a very happy baby. Um, and that's it. I'm going to leave it there because I've been speaking for 45 minutes and, um, you probably don't want to hear any more of my cold filled voice. <laughs> I, uh, Yeah, and anyway, 
So, Series 4, launching next week. Yay! So the first of Series 4 will be next week. Not sure how I'm going to start off this series yet. It was going to be me, but now I've done this podcast episode and I've caught up with you. Might not be. But there's also a lot more to catch up with you on, like normal day-to-day baby stuff. So rather than travel and crashing cars. Um, So I will catch up with you guys next week and um, I'll let you know on Instagram if there's going to be a guest coming on next week as well. Love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so happy to be back. Thank you for sticking with me and being patient whilst I took my little time away from the podcast. Um, But yeah, excited for series four. Woohoo! If there are any questions you want me to cover actually next week, then I will put a little question box on my Instagram today and you can start sending me in those messages um, and let me know if there's anything you want answered as I haven't checked in with you guys for almost a month. Might even be over a month. Say what? Okay, I will check in with you next week. Lots of love. Have a great week. Bye.